What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Oblivious Podcast. We're on episode 76, and like we do every week, we're just going to get straight into things, starting with how everybody's doing, starting with Emmanuel. How are you, Emmanuel? Yeah, I just ate a peanut butter jelly. You just, are, you're pretty excited about it, I can tell. Yeah, pretty much. That was pretty good. It was satisfying. Satisfying? <laughs> you make it sound like you were, like, getting off while you ate it. Yeah, probably. Oh, you probably. Know. You don't know? What if, what if I was in the shower and eating it at the same time? Hmm. This just became the ASMR cast, like, out of nowhere. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> Alright, well, cool, cool. Glad you're doing good. Uh, your week been good, Emmanuel? Yeah. Hell yeah. Alright, well, cool. Uh, who's next on the list? Angel, how have you been? That's cool. Uh, Julio, how about you? Okay, this week I've been doing pretty good. It's been this, I've been okay. I've been better, obviously. This week's been a little hectic on my end, but it's all good. Uh, but that covers how everybody's doing, so we're just gonna delve into the first and kind of the only topic tonight, and that is a bit of Xbox news. Um, so it goes without saying that there's been a bit happening there with the Bethesda acquisition and whatnot, and it did go through around this time last week, like finish, but now Bethesda's finally starting to, Bethesda and Microsoft are starting to open up about what their plans are, and what they intend to do now that they have been acquired by Microsoft. Some of the things that are immediately happening, and some things that have already happened, are 20 games have been added to Game Pass from Bethesda's own library. Um, those games including things like Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Fallout 4, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 76, a good chunk of the Wolfenstein series, a good chunk of the Doom series, pretty much, uh, well actually, yeah, every Elder Scrolls game that you can play on a console, um, Prey, and a few other games, and The Evil Within, stuff like that. So. Game Pass got a huge boost uh, Friday, I believe. Yes. And so that's been awesome. But another thing that they discussed they will be doing is introducing uh, that program that we talked about a few weeks ago called FPS Boost. They're going to be incorporating that into a select few Bethesda games like Fallout 4, Dishonored, Fallout 76, etc. Skyrim, I believe, as well. So that has potential to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but the last little tidbit of news to cover is Phil Spencer, uh, during the little round table they did where they elaborated on what their intentions are. He directly said that if you, the point of this acquisition is if you are an Xbox customer, the point of this acquisition is to bring you, uh, amazing exclusive games. So that's pretty much confirming that. They do intend to be a bit aggressive about this. You don't spend $7.5 billion for no reason. So, a lot of these Bethesda games in the future are going to be 
the Microsoft family of uh, systems exclusive. He did word it pretty interesting. He said exclusive to wherever Game Pass is because there is a lot of uh, discourse as to whether or not Microsoft is trying to get other people to put Game Pass on their platforms. I think that'd be really smart. Like, uh, like hey, Sony, if you put Game Pass on your system, we will let you have these exclusives. That's kind of what he was getting at. And that's really neat. Uh, like, there's rumors that it could end up on Nintendo Switch, shit like that. So, I'm going to quit breaking down what happened. What do y'all think? I think now that they're making it clear that they're going to be a lot more aggressive with the exclusive side. But I like what you say about possibly putting Game Pass on other device, like other consoles and other lines of devices. Be so smart. That, yeah, that would be a great marketing and financial move. Because mm-hmm. if you put Game Pass on like PlayStation, I wouldn't pay for PlayStation Plus unless I had to, to still do it online. Probably would, but I'd also pay for Game Pass because that's a lot of games for free, essentially. If you pay up front for like a year of Game Pass, you play them for free throughout the year, you pay one more. Like, I mean, and you're getting a good deal with first party IPs when they come out as well. Um, I've already had, I've already had that experience. Uh, when I first started paying for Game Pass, Gears of War 5 came out and I got to play it when it came out, which was really damn cool. Because at the time, that was when I had just first gotten Game Pass, and I only got it for a dollar. I got a dollar for three months is the deal they usually do. Um, And so, what was awesome about that was I paid a buck for three months, and that means I got to play Gears of War 5 when it came out for a dollar. A $60 AAA game. That was also really damn good, mind you. Um, So... I know this podcast these past few weeks have kind of sound has kind of seemed like the Xbox podcast, but that's not really been the point of it. It's just that they're making some aggressive and some really interesting moves as opposed to other places. Like we've talked about, we've talked about PlayStation and Nintendo plenty on here. It's just lately there's been a lot going on with Xbox, especially with the acquisition and whatnot. And at the end of the day, no one in this, uh, no one here is excited about this because like. You know, oh man, don't want Sony to have exclusives. I'm sorry, um, because you know we're like rooting for Xbox to do better. It's just because we want we want these companies to play aggressive with each other and to be competitive. Because one, when if Xbox continues to do what they're doing and be smart and be competitive and make these Bethesda games exclusive and do shit like that, then Sony's going to start making moves like that and being competitive and Nintendo's going to start making moves like that and being competitive. And what that does is the consumer just benefits no matter the outcome because if all these companies are being competitive with each other, they're offering better value and better products. I mean, we obviously I don't have to explain that, right? Um how I like to think of it is like there's like three major players in a t- chess tournament and right now Xbox is being extremely violent and like going for the king pieces right and everyone else got to catch up yeah (laughs) and and i think that's that's what's awesome about it is that when a company acts aggressive like this and when they do shit like this and they make these moves 
other companies have to respond if they want to continue making the money they do. They can't become complacent. That's the reason Xbox really struggled last generation because the be, due to the success of the 360, they became very complacent. And they invested in weird shit like the Kinect and they didn't really invest towards having better exclusives and they marketed the Xbox One in the totally incorrect way back in 2013. They marketed it as like the the centerpiece of the entertainment center. They didn't market it as a gaming console. So of course it didn't perform very well as a gaming console. It's like nice it was needed to. Box. Not really. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. It's all very interesting. I'm very, very curious to see what Sony does. I know they originally, when Game Pass was first starting, they originally had been noted to say that they weren't they weren't crazy hot on the idea of making a competitor to that, but then more recently they did say that they're looking into making a competitor to Game Pass. And that's awesome. If Sony starts offering its own lineup of a shit ton of games, uh, some that come out day one, right? Because um, I know they have PlayStation Plus or now or whatever it is right now, but that's not good enough. That's not a good competitor to Game Pass because the appeal of Game Pass is you're getting games when they come out on Game Pass. First party IPs, I don't I can't see Sony being ballsy enough to to do the same on their end because they right now they do produce a lot more exclusives than Microsoft does, of course. But can you imagine if when Spider-Man and Horizon Zero Dawn and God of War and Ghost of Tsushima and the list goes on. Can you imagine if when those games came out, there was a service that lets you just get them without spending the money on them? That would be awesome. People would love that. Can you imagine how much more acclaimed those games would be than they already are if it was only 15 bucks a month to have access to them when they come out? So many more people who are like in pretty garbage financial situations though to play such nice games that are normally $60. Right. Like, I can't afford to buy, like, a $60 game every month and a half. Yeah. But I can afford $15 a month. Exactly. Yeah, because over the course of a year, you're only spending 120 bucks a year. That's only two games per year, but you're getting access to hundreds of games. So, I really do hope Sony does create its own competitor for that because Sony definitely has the library for it. I would love a a service that allowed you to get shit like that. Like I'm thinking of the games they have coming up, like the next God of War, the next Horizon Zero Dawn, what's it called? Forbidden West. Um and God of War Ragnarok. I just hit my mic, whoops. And God of War Ragnarok. It'd be really neat. I don't know. Uh Emmanuel, you've been pretty damn quiet for all this. What do you think? Yeah, they're just games. <laughs> Just games. That's all you got. Yeah, man. Like, if you if you could afford play a game of your own liking, then go ahead. If you don't, then it's fine. Yeah, how I feel about it uh, is, I think one of the biggest benefits to a style of service like Game Pass is you you have the leeway to take risks on games you don't know how you're gonna feel about. Uh, for example, let's say you've heard of Viva Pinata or something and you're like, oh, I'd like to I'd like to try it, but it doesn't seem very up my alley. And before Game Pass, you know, you're like, okay, I'll, I'll spend 30 bucks. I'll get it. And then let's say you don't like it. That sucks. That's like $30 you just threw away um, with Game Pass. You know, 
it's whatever. It, it's really hard to be upset about not liking a game if you didn't have to spend money on it, you know, obviously. The only time it's bad is, like, you play every single game and somehow you can't find anything you like. Yeah, that would suck, but that's, like, virtually impossible at this point due to just the amount of games on there. If you really cannot find something you like on Game Pass, you are actively trying to not like all of them. <laughs> there has to be one game out of all those games that you like. It might be some obscure niche game, Yeah. but try it. All you gotta do is download it. It's just super cool to me, though, how you really do just it allows people to try things that they've never gotten to try before and also it allows developers um to make games with way less concern as to whether or not they can make ends meet and sell enough copies because if it's going on game pass their their game is going to reach a much bigger audience potentially some games are smaller and would not sell as much as people will download them and play them on Game Pass. Um, and when you're owned by Microsoft and you're getting paid regardless, uh, then you get so much more creative freedom when it comes to that. Just the effects of Game Pass are awesome. Uh, and I know we talk about it so much on this podcast, but we really like cannot emphasize enough uh, how awesome it is. And it's just super interesting. I don't know, man. I really look forward to the future of this console generation. I'm excited to see what Sony does in response. And I'm, I'm also really damn hyped up about the potential uh, that these Microsoft IPs and Game Pass have. But yeah, that's just my two cents. What about yeah, Julio? I, one of the, Julio. Julio, go. Like, yeah, I already said, like, <clears throat> it's pretty cool that uh, you can, you know, have this Netflix of games. And yeah, that's that's most of it. Like if you if you don't like a certain game, you didn't spend money on it, so woo. Um, you just have a shit ton of games and probably no time to play any. Yeah, but that's also the appeal is that you don't feel like you don't feel guilty for throwing sixty dollars at a game that you can barely make time to play. Yeah. So that's always cool. Like I wish, I wish Angel had access to an Xbox or a, a fucking Windows computer or something because I, you know, because then she could just play any Doom game she wanted. Yeah, I am fully intending when I, not right now, but maybe over the summer if I work enough, I am fully intending on buying some form of an Xbox device that will play modern games efficiently. And, and, like, stealing your Game Pass thing. Yeah. If you get a Windows computer, you can steal my Game Pass with no issue. The only problem, um, I can only share it with one person at a time. Right now, I have it with Julio. Uh, and he's a cheapskate, so I can't take it away from him or he won't have it. He won't be able to get it for himself. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can it's only, like, 15 bucks. I can pay for it. Okay. What I'll probably have you do when you do that is we'll have you get it and then uh, share it with a manual. Because we still need a manual to get it as well. I don't know. We got to get you an Xbox, dog, so that we can all play shit together. Because it'll be fun. You know they have fucking uh, Siege on Game Pass, a manual? 
Yeah. It's uh, dude, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say. Buy the games that you want to buy, and if you can't afford it, then it's alright. <laughs> Emmanuel, Emmanuel is sitting here missing the entire point of everything we're talking about, but whatever. Uh, Get it. See, the thing is, Game Pass is like a bundle that you can just buy, while you could buy individual games as for your own liking, honestly. Well, that's the appeal of Game Pass, and you try them out, and if you like the game enough to buy it, you can buy it. But you have Game Pass just in, to play a game, right? And so you, you don't waste money like if you don't like it. Hundred twenty, and if I do like it, I'll I have to spend another sixty dollars for the separate game if I don't get Game Pass in the near future. Oh, you're really you're you're like playing with words to make it sound bad. The <laughs> the Emmanuel, the appeal is that. You, if you are interested in a game, you can spend. If you've never had Game Pass, you can spend a dollar. If you have had Game Pass, you can spend fifteen and try it for a month. And if you like it, then you can buy it. And it's cheaper too. You get discounts on everything you buy through Game Pass. Um, not only that, but it's not like you're buying Game Pass with the intention of getting one game. You don't buy Game Pass for one game. You buy Game Pass for the library of games to have access to all of it, not for one thing. You're not paying a subscription service to play just Fallout 4. You're paying a subscription service to play Fallout 4. Almost every Fallout game. Almost pretty much all of Bethesda's games. Every Microsoft exclusive IP. Tons of third-party IPs. All of EA access. I don't know. It just, yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not spending $15 a month for access to one thing. And if you are, then obviously you probably shouldn't be spending that much. If you literally are getting Game Pass for one thing, I'd probably just buy the game in your shoes, obviously. So. Yeah. That is just where I stand on that. Okay. I think we're going to move on, though. Um, any final thoughts on that before we do move on? This will, yeah, this is definitely going to be a shorter podcast. Game Passes pretty pretty nifty and bethesda join xbox is pretty pretty nifty i'm excited to see what happens i think it'll be cool uh i more than anything i'm just really interested to see what sony does in response because it'll be neat to say the least okay well cool what is our next topic here do 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 what are we playing watching reading and or listening to so, like we do, starting from the top of the list, Emmanuel, what have you been playing, watching, reading, and or listening to this week? Mm. Been reading, um, just self-help books. Ooh, fancy. And then I've been watching, like, anime in My Little Pony. Okay. <laughs> My Little Pony? Yeah, man, it's a, it's a running gag in my channel. Hmm. They still air it? Yeah, they still air it. Okay, <laughs> interesting. I think Julio might like it. Julio probably would. It sounds like it's his style. What is my <laughs> style, Zay? I don't know, stupid? <laughs> That's your style? I don't like how the main message is that friendship equals power. It's not true. Yeah, Julio's like white equals power. That's what he thinks. Oh, so you think white power is there? Are you serious? You being racist? You pulling out the race card again? Yeah. yeah the Julio. Character. 
Holy a racist dog. Dude, I can't believe this man. I know. Alright, alright. Alright, alright, let's chill. Okay, okay. Uh is that it for you this week, Emmanuel? Yeah, pretty much. Gamer. Alright, Angel, what have you been up to this week? I've been playing Minecraft with these fucks here. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, she's the, um, she's the F word. Oh my god. <laughs> it's illegal. Um, I've also been watching a lot. I'm still on, in, on my documentary kick, but this week has been specifically documentaries about death, exhuming, exhuming bodies, and mummification. Hmm. Okay. Take with that what you will, but it's so, like, interesting. Right. Well, that's interesting. Like, naturally mummified corpses, and like, the how they try and preserve bodies, and then like, it's just so cool. And I know I'm being judged right now, but I don't give a shit. <gasps> oh my god! What, Manuel? She doesn't give a shit. Hmm. That'd be, that'd be true, Angel. Don't be giving a shit. It's okay. Uh, is that it for you this week, Angel? Uh, the whiteboard in my living room says I need someone help me. I need drugs. Or I think that's like I don't know why. Okay. Someone in I your have, I, someone in your apartment. Someone, like I don't know, but yeah, that was just a little funny tidbit. Okay, Julio, you're up. Go. It's me. Let's see. I haven't done much new stuff today. I mean, this week. Um, I've been uh, playing Siege a little, played some Weaver dice, keep dying. Um, let's see. What are I doing? It's so hard to remember sometimes. You are so good at creating dead air. Oh my god. Come on, man. You've had. I, I come to you almost last so that you can think about what you've done. And every week it never fails. You're like. I don't like how how is it so hard to figure out what you did this week like are you you're I not have, like, I don't have good memory yeah you're like a 48 year old man Julio god dang all right well do we need to come back to you I do so. I've done nothing that new Wow. If he said I ate like meatballs or something. Right. Okay, fine. I ate like a um, fucking euro today. There, there you go. go. That's, That's cool. What? That's just me eating a thing. If you literally can't come up with anything else, it's whatever. If you're that damn boring. All right. This man, this man said in the first few episodes he was entertaining, and then you find out he's not. Oh, we knew he wasn't. We just needed to fill out the podcast. Uh, okay. God, Julio. Okay. This week, personally, I have I started up Hitman 3. It's a really fun game. Super replayable. I like it. It's fun, man. One of the cooler parts is that when you're filling out, when you're fulfilling a contract, I would kill someone and finish the mission and then it would pull up this menu and I would find out that there are like 
like 40 other ways to go about it and not like and i don't mean specific other ways like you can shoot him or you can beat him to death i mean like actual other ways that are more that are interesting or more interesting um like instead of instead of convincing this woman that her son like because in one of them you can convince this woman that her son killed her killed himself and she'll and she'll kill herself uh you can orchestrate a meeting where they sit under a chandelier and she's under it and then you can just cut the chandelier and it'll fall on her and kill her like there's so many different ways it's awesome uh and i've been enjoying what's up Julio? i'm saying you're just overly excited with and without context man you get to kill him in so many different ways <laughs> well yeah it's a hitman game it's fun um it's funny i i get i i guess man uh but it's cool i enjoy it the one of the the mission i just played that that i was just talking about that is one of the like best fucking missions i have ever played in a game it was so fun what it what what it was i'm not gonna like spoil too much about it but what it was was i showed up um to this to this big ass mansion with this whole family there they were getting ready for a funeral for the mother and it turns out the mother was still alive um and the mother is actually who my contract is to kill and so when i arrive it turns out that while the children thought the mother was dead someone killed the mother's son zachary uh and and set it up as a suicide and so i show up and i can actually incapacitate the detective that they had hired to investigate this and pretend to be the detective and this turns into me showing up to kill someone and to me in disguise solving a murder mystery to get to the mother and kill her <laughs> it was crazy but it was so fucking cool. You hit, man, you gotta you gotta solve this Rubik's cube to set off at that nuke. What what ended up happening was I put on the disguise and I went around the house investigating and I figured out who it was. And it wasn't easy to figure out. It took like a good hour and a half of me walking around and looking at shit. Um And when I finally did get it, I went and talked to the butler and I told um and I told her I told the mother who it was and then the the like the window of opportunity opened up and i was able to kill her and that was that was just so fucking cool how that all worked out so it was neat man that was a really fun mission and i'm gonna go back because apparently there are other ways to get to her without solving the murder mystery you can do other shit like uh pretend to be one of the lawyers that's there and crap like that so it's fun as hell if you like that, you should try Blood Money. That was a really good one. Hitman. The Blood Money. Uh, I do need to try that. I've I've never played the older Hitman games. I've only played the the newest three. Dude, the older one, I feel like they're better. But because we're in the new generation, I think like the new games are a lot wiser in modern games nowadays. Hmm. What do you mean? Because they instead of like staying in that era of video game where it's like you could replay the mission again and repeat the same missions again until you get bored uh in the new games you can actually find new ways and because there's deals oh okay yeah newer games are just more sandboxy because like the old hitman games i'm sure were fairly linear no nah, they weren't they weren't 
Nah, they were they were somewhat open though. Okay, that's cool. It just takes like 30 minutes, 40 for each mission, which honestly is pretty good because you get to kill like almost everybody in the whole game. Well, what's neat about the newer Hitmans is that you are supposed to avidly avoid killing anybody other than your target. Yeah, but you can either do it or you just kill everybody. Right. Uh, I've been going out of my way not to harm, harm a soul other than my target, which has been fun. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Pacifist. Not really. I mean, I'm still killing people. Yeah, in, uh... Neutral, neutral rough. Like if I'm gonna, if I want to play a game where I can be a pacifist, I'm gonna play Dishonored because you can play through all three of those games without ever killing a single person. So, yeah, I'm not joking. By the way, seriously, those Death games. You do not have to kill the outsider to finish Death of the Outsider. I'm not fucking joking. You can no, no, you still can kill him. <laughs> But it's so cool. Spoilers. You can find out how he was created, and you can uncreate him. And you're actually helping him. You brought him back to mortality, and he's so grateful. It's so cool. No, it's awesome. Because it's not awesome. Oh, no, sorry. It is awesome. But it's not because it's not because of what happens that it's awesome. It's just because you can do that. The fact that you don't have to, but you can. <laughs> I think that's cool as hell. Like, giving you that choice and deciding, are you going to choose violence or are you going to choose unviolence? Right. Um, in the Dishonored games, too, you can kill literally every fucking person you come into contact with in a level. Everyone. Or you can not harm a soul. And I always have thought that's so fucking cool. I remember back when I had a lot more time on my hands, I did a playthrough of Dishonored 2 where I was never detected once in the entire game and I never killed anyone. And that was so rewarding. What's up, Julio? Oh, you cut off for a second. Oh, well, they, everybody in the podcast, uh, everybody listening will hear it, so. Um, that's just your lag. But. Yeah, super neat. I don't know. Hitman is super fun. I've really liked Hitman uh, so far. So, yeah. Other than that, yes, been playing Minecraft with everybody this week off and on. Also been also finished Fallout 2 at the beginning of this week. That was awesome. I've never finished Fallout 2 before. I got, like, one of the best endings you can get because I went out of my way to help people and do shit like that. Um, and... What was the other thing that I did this week? Oh, I played a little bit of Fallout 4 because I was... I don't know. It, it, that's a comfort game for me. It's just something I play when I don't feel like playing anything else. So, yeah. That's been me this week. But with that, I think we're ready to move into podcast questions. This podcast is going by today. We are 32 minutes in. And we have two questions. Let me pull them up. Both email questions again. I love our email questions, man. We get such good ones. Okay. Um... You're gay. Yeah. So, what would y'all think about a Black Panther game set in Wakanda? Of course. Uh, would it be a cool setting? What would you want to do with it? Would it would it be open world, open hub? How would you go about that? 
any Black Panther villains besides Warmonger, I mean Killmonger, and uh, what's his face, the, the Scottish guy? Was he Scottish? I don't even remember. <laughs> I feel like the robot arm. <laughs> I feel like a good Black Panther game you could make is like one set during. Um, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know, because I know next to nothing about Black Panther specifically. Uh, the thing I knew about Black Panther is that he like married Storm from X Men. Oh, that's weird. Um, I don't know if it was like canon or another universe, but they got together in some way. Hmm. I know that he, I, he's a king. I never watched the Black Panther movies. I only, I didn't watch any of the standalone Marvel movies. I've only watched the big, like, ones that combined everything together in Spider-Man. But a <laughs> game I would like to play is an open world, ex like, exploring the, like, nature of Wakanda. That'd be neat, man. Like, you know what would be cool is, uh, Wakanda is, like, the the hub that you return to. That's where, like, where you, you know, where everything kind of comes back to. But then you can go go wherever you want outside of Wakanda as well. Like, Wakanda's, like, that's just good open-world design, too. Like, Wakanda is, like, the centerpiece of the world that you can come back to. It's, like, the main that's, city. Yeah, that's an open-world thing where you you go around defending the, the tribes. So, as fun as that would be, I don't know how fun it would be to traverse as Black Panther specifically. Because I don't know, I don't know what his movement is like. I don't know if he would, like, because I've seen him in the movies, he just, like, sprints like Captain America does, just really fast. Uh, they own fucking airships and, and other shit that you can just travel in. <laughs> so just be like driving around as Black Panther. Maybe I don't know. The Black Panther mobile <laughs> or something. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe if there was a Black Panther game, it would need to be linear. <laughs> but not, not as linear or not as bad as they did with the Avengers. The thing is, um... If there was a Black Panther game and it was open world, it would need to have some really good open world design because the traversal, it can only be so fun if you're just running or driving. Um, it's not like Spider-Man where simply traversing is so fucking fun in those Spider-Man games. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure, man. That's definitely a neat idea. I have never thought of a Black Panther game. Like that's never crossed my mind is doing that. I'm not sure how that would work, but I would definitely play it if there was one made. So, that's my answer. What about a manual? Oh, dude, it's gonna be the same thing as the Avengers video game. No, no, Square Enix won't make it. Uh, what, what's okay? What's a good studio to make a Black Panther game? What's the studio? Who made the Spider-Man ones? Insomniac. Insomnia. Then them, whoever made Spider-Man, they they get all the video game superhero games from now on. <laughs> um, and they obviously they know how. From what I've read about Miles Morales, I've never played it, and I'm definitely not, you know, a voice on how you go about that. But uh, I don't know. They did smile. They did Miles Morales pretty good, pretty well. I hear. Like, not, it wasn't, I hear it's not as good as Spider-Man 2018, but I hear it's great. Anyways, so, yeah, I think, I think that'd be a good choice is Insomniac for it. But Insomniac's already doing so many IPs, because they're, right now they're trying to finish Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. They just shipped My, uh, Miles Morales, and they're gonna start on the next Spider-Man, I'm sure, when they're done with Ratchet and Clank. 
So I'm not sure, honestly. I kind of, ah, man, I don't know. What's another studio that would be good with that IP? Who else has been, what is Legos? A Lego, a Lego Black Panther game could be fun. I think that'd be cool. You get, is he in any of the Avengers games yet? Yeah, he's in. In a while. He's in the Lego Avengers games. He's not in Square Enix's Avengers, but. Square Enix's Avengers like has like no nothing in it. Yeah. Like, they just have the main team and then um, fucking Inhumans. Nothing else exists. Yeah, that game is fucking boring. Okay. Well, that's cool, I guess. I don't know. I like that idea. I'd play it. I'd try it for sure. But I really can't come up with uh, another developer other than Insomniac that would be good for Black Panther. I guess maybe... Um, Arcane. This is me shilling, but Arcane could maybe do a cool Black Panther game. I don't know. Arcane are the people who are making Deathloop right now. They made Dishonored and Prey. So, I feel like with Mr. Black Shill. Yeah, I know. But I feel like with Black Panther's skill set, that would translate really well into their style of gameplay. Yeah, I agree. I just like calling you a shill. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, I got nothing else for it. Y'all got anything else before we do the last question here? Okay. Understandable. <laughs> Alright. Our last question. Uh, here. I'm reading it right now. Okay. So our last question is... I have been trying to get into the Wasteland franchise for a bit, and I tried to play two, but I really wasn't into it. I love I loved the choice and consequence uh, in the world building and whatnot, but it's not... The, the gameplay style is really hard for me to get past. Uh, should I try three anyways? Um, so... Sorry, y'all, I guess is kind of only a question for me. Um, but... Yeah, I think three, honestly... I think playing the third one could get you to like the second one because the third one, um, the third one has everything that's awesome in the second one, but on top of it, the third one is so much more accessible for people who don't typically play those style of games. Um, the top down isometric style RPG, uh, that, that Wasteland three is by far the best introduction of that style of gameplay for anybody out there. Um, I don't think I would have been able to finish Fallout 1 and 2 like I just did without Wasteland 3 and 2. Uh, and yeah, I do intend on revisiting Wasteland 2 at some point because of Wasteland 3. So, And Wasteland 3 is just awesome. Even if you really, really just test the way the game plays, the fucking choice and consequence in the story, it'll get you through it. I have no doubt about that. And everybody in Wasteland 3 is voice acted, which is a huge plus compared to Wasteland 2. So, yeah. That's where I stand on it. That's just me. Uh, if anybody else has an answer for that, they're welcome to, but I'm not sure if y'all would. I like those games mainly because I found them with XCOM, which was pretty cool. X yeah. XCOM 2, as in the newer one, XCOM 2. XCOM 2 is more of a tile-based tactical game, though. It's not I as like much that. so that. Okay, okay. Like, that's what I want, Zane. I want that tactical... <laughs> <laughs> RPG. 
Okay. Aliens. So that answers that question, and that is all of our questions for the evening. Now we're coming up on the forty-minute mark. This will be the first podcast in a while that did not hit an hour. That's okay. This week has been hectic. We hope you guys have enjoyed your spring break if you've had it. If not, we hope you've enjoyed your weekend. And hopefully next week when we're back for episode 77, it will be, it'll go on a bit longer. I don't feel like 20 minutes is detrimental. Whatever, right? But with that, we're going to blast off. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening.